Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to the channel. It's Denise Salcedo, and you guys really liked our last month's podcast where we did an all-women's wrestling podcast where we talked about our favorite moments, our favorite matches, our favorite women, you name it. People really enjoyed it. So I'm keeping it going until you guys keep liking it. And today we're going to be talking about women's wrestling in the month of November 2023. And of course, I am not alone because I've got some great guests, a great panel of awesome women in wrestling media that are going to be providing their perspective. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce them to you. Let's go ahead and bring in wrestling commentator, broadcaster, Veda Scott. Hey, Veda. It's me. Hello. How are you? I'm great. I am so pumped to be here. We had a blast last month and a lot of people were hoping that we would do it again. So here we are. Hell yeah. Veda, before we get into everything, uh, you've had a lot of great stuff happening over the last month. Kind of give the people a little bit of an update on what you've been working on. Yeah, um, I've been traveling around a lot. I just came back last weekend from WrestleCade. I was lucky enough to be there for the entire weekend. I know it was a big, it was a big weekend for fans too because there was WrestleCade weekend happening, and there was also Survivor Series weekend happening. So a lot of people had to pick and choose. I got to go to WrestleCade. Super super fun. Lots of shows. Uh, lots of people to meet. Whole convention. That was great. Uh, but yeah, just kind of traveling around, calling shows. Hell yeah. Well, I'm so proud of you, Veda. Keep killing it. Uh, it's been awesome to see anytime you're at shows. And we actually got to see each other for like a quick second yes. at Wrestling Revolver. I just remembered right now. It was this very quick thing because you were doing commentary. I was doing backstage interviews. And then like we just found each other at some point yes. backstage. I was like, oh, I was walking through to like, I don't remember what I was doing. I was like walking through that like last second before the show starts, like walking through the back room just to like grab something and i was like ah it's denise we <laughs> hugged we said hi and then i went away and then you were busy doing interviews so i didn't see you yeah. again but yeah. i got to see like i got to like i you did interviews so like it's like i was there i get yes. to watch those but no we saw each other for like two seconds i know it's so funny it's like hi 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 like that's literally how it is whenever it's like you're at these yes. shows right it's just it's just yes. go 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 all righty well we're gonna go ahead and bring in our next panel member you guys know her she's absolutely awesome i just love her energy so much you've seen her on these shows so many times she's constantly a guest on my speak now pro wrestling podcast ladies and gentlemen please welcome Queen of the Ring, Alex Lajas. Hey, Alex. Hi, everybody. I am so happy to be back. We had so much good feedback uh, on our last few episodes. Headphones are flying off already, y'all. <laughs> I'm happy to be back. There was a lot of great moments in women's wrestling this month, so ready to chop it all up. Together. Exactly. Well, I'm so excited. I love your shirt, by the way. Uh, you. We, we need to get a good view of that. Lift it up a little bit, Alex. It looks really awesome. It's a hockey stone cold uh, Steve Austin jersey, right? Yeah. I, an ex gifted this. Denise, remember when we were talking about exes? Is this the one? Is this the gift that ex this gifted is, you? This is one of them. It's like an expensive item, though. You got to keep that. Those yeah. They, they asked for it back, and I was like, no, goodbye. Blocked. No, you cannot <laughs> ask for a gift bag even after you broke up. Like, that's a big no-no. Yeah, especially when it's this. It's like a chalk line, like official chalk line WWE yeah, one. Yeah, that is not a cheap item. No. No, it. it's no. not. And my love isn't cheap either, so... <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Uh, love don't cost a thing. No, wait. No, it love does cost a thing for Alex, though. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. And we've got one more panel member in here. And you guys know her. You see her all the time on Fightful Pro Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Kate Hensler. Hey, Hello. Kate. I'm so sorry. Oh. I'm a couple minutes behind. So many year-end wrap-up shows happening. But <laughs> bouncing from stream to stream today. But I'm so excited to come on here. Thanks for accepting me with my tardiness. And I'm sorry that I missed whatever post-breakup swag bag story it sounded like. I feel like I walked in on but. I will go back to the beginning and watch it just like the great people that are watching along with us here. So you know what's funny, Kate? I set it up so that no one would know that you were late. Oh, <laughs> no one have known. You just outed yourself. Oh my gosh. No I picked know. it up. I picked oh. it up because Denise like, show off that shirt. I was like, you got it. Oh my I was no problem. Time. Literally. So I brought Veda in first. We were having a fun little conversation. Then I brought Alex in. So I was doing like this whole reveal thing of the panel. <laughs> Denise is out here working and I come in and blow up her like That's show business, baby. Kate uh, <laughs> came in and was like, I was like, tombstone pile driver, tombstone pile driver. She came in and just no sold it. Just no sold it. Like, like Sting going through a table. I just got right back up and, and ruined it for you. Yeah. This was all a joke. This was all very coordinated. I was kidding the whole time. But I'm Kate so excited. Kate was here the here. whole time. She was here the whole time. She was not late. Never, not once in my life have I ever been, but very excited. There was so much. I am killing the business. Thank you, Voodoo Child. It's shame. I'm shameful, really, oh honestly. God. All right, we're getting lots of love here from the chat. So this is going to be a fun show. A lot of you guys mentioned we got some great feedback last month. And I think people in general just want to talk about women's wrestling. So we're going to make things a little bit different this time around. We got a pretty fun format that I can't wait to try out. And I'm excited to get your guys' feedback. So what we're going to do today is we got a couple of hot topics that we're going to kick things off with before we get into our favorite women's matches and moments of the month month of course guys just a friendly reminder this is only november 2023 so that's kind of how we're going about things so our first topic everybody you guys are going to get one minute on the clock to state your case all right the first topic we're starting with a good one is should mercedes monet go to aw or wwe or damn if you got a plot twist this is the place to bring it now because she kept her ex's gift. We're going with Alex first. <laughs> and so Alex, you got one minute on the clock to give us your opinion on where Mercedes Monet should go starting now. Okay, I think Mercedes should stay in stardom. I don't think that she should go to WWE. I don't think that she should go to AEW because I think that she was starting to cook in stardom. She was the second IWGP champion. She was going after the New Japan Strong Women's Champion. I think that she has a lot of unfinished business in stardom. Next uh, year in January will be uh, stardom's first uh, full show during the Wrestle Kingdom weekend at the Tokyo Dome City Hall. That should be an exciting show i think that should be the show where she comes back to stardom and then she conquers the rest of the year there uh there's so many great matchups that she can have now especially the world of stardom championship uh is vacated and there's so many other people injured and there's so many people that came back as well like utami could have a match with mercedes Susie, uh suzu suzuki there's so much that is the plot twist there you go 
Oh my god, I love it, Alex. <laughs> Okay, so good job. I think you made a really great case there for uh, Mercedes Monet to stick with stardom. And I love that prediction because, like I said, it could really go any direction in terms of where she can go. All right, so let's go ahead and go with Veda. Veda, the time is on you, <laughs> maybe on your side. I don't know. Uh, but you got one minute to state your case as to where you think Mercedes Monet should end up and starting now. Okay, so I. I can see if we're looking at WWE or AEW, obviously whatever wherever Mercedes goes, this is going to be the biggest deal she's ever signed in her career. It could be the biggest deal in women's wrestling. I don't know. But for that reason, I am thinking that I... I'm thinking AEW, and here is why. Uh, I think there's a whole bunch of new people that she could wrestle there that from a fan perspective I would like to see. But also, kind of, and I'm sorry to do this, piggybacking a little bit off of what Alex said, she has unfinished business in stardom. She has unfinished business with New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I think she could keep up that relationship if she were to go to AEW. We've seen Will Ospreay talk about how he's going to stay doing things with New Japan, so I think that seems like maybe the best option for everyone, including us as fans who want to see her <laughs> wrestle absolutely everyone in the world. So I'm going to go with AEW with the caveat that she would still sometimes appear in Japan. I love that. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So it seems like we still don't want her to stop wrestling, uh, you know, in, in different places. And I think that is what you mentioned, the caveat of going with AEW. All righty, Kate. Let's see what we got. What do you think? And starting now. So you go third when you kill the business like that. You know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> I hate to be like a samesies person, but I'm going to agree. Now, I think there's a very logical story for Mercedes to walk back into in WWE. But when she kind of had this I'm the CEO ethos about her, it was that she wanted to disrupt wrestling all over the world. Right. And I think the best way to do that and get the bag that she probably wants is to sign an AEW. I think if you're looking at a what impact can I make perspective Going to AEW to make some new stars on a, on a new level, I think, is something that could be really compelling. And getting to work interpromotionally. We've seen the forbidden door open for the men. Not so much with the women. We never saw that with the impact relationship. We haven't seen that with uh, stardom and anything under the Bushi Road umbrella. So I hate to be a greasies girl, but I do agree with my, my comrades here, particularly Veda. Going to AEW, but continuing to take over the world with her wrestling is the way to go. The WWE, great story there for her to walk into. Oh my gosh. All right. We did it. Freaking awesome. Um, so I have to say that I agree with what you guys said about her going to AEW. And I think Kate, you brought up a lot of good points here where you said that it can sort of open up these doors in terms of them really starting to take the women's division a lot more seriously. And I was saying this last night on the post show with Reg, but I do think that if Mercedes Monet went to AEW that she would sort of force change uh, in the women's division. Do you think that's something that if she were to go to AEW, like it would have to be like no choice. Like people are going to have to make some changes here with the way that the AEW women's roster is presented. I certainly do from the perspective of if the argument right now is a ratings thing, I think those ratings follow Mercedes with her. I don't think you can deny you know, one match an hour at least getting that second women's match that people have been vying for. It would make business sense at that point with what she would do for March, with what she would do for ratings, with what she would do um, from an overall business impact perspective. I think she's the only person other than CM Punk who might have that same caveat uh, or cachet caveat uh, to, to do that. So I think 
she's such an undeniable star that there would be no excuses from the the business side of things not to dive into that pool a little bit more. Hell yeah. Uh, Veda or Alex, did you have anything else you wanted to add? I mean, I, I totally agree. We, we kind of saw this maybe on a, on a smaller scale, but on, on a similar vein when Soraya came to AEW. Just the idea of like, this is someone who is, a, you know, a star and a name from outside of AEW that brought in a lot of eyes and a lot of fans from people that maybe had said before that, well, we're, I'm not going to watch AEW. I watch WWE. And we know that there's there's people like that. I just think that Mercedes is, again, just such a transcendent star, not just in pro wrestling, but in, in film, in media, that like, like Kate is saying, there would just be no choice but to put a showcase on whatever she's doing. Exactly. Alex, did you want to add anything? I was... I agree with everyone. Um, and I agree that like if she did go to AEW, it would have to be a shift within the presentation of the women's division. Like if she had like her um, her disappointments in creative with WWE, I think that she would try to learn her lesson back back there and try to like emulate emulate. That's not a word. <laughs> She would try to, you know, yes, and she would try to do the same thing in AEW as well. But really, like, it's wherever she goes, people are going to follow. So it really, like, it's, you know, even when the show was announced in uh, New Japan and Long Beach, everyone instantly bought those tickets and it was sold out quick because of her. So it's, like, really, no matter where she goes, she is a transcendent star. And, like, uh, you know, I hope to see her more in Star Wars, really. Like, that's one thing I would really love to see more of her. She was so awesome in Star Wars. I want to see her with Baby Yoda again. Uh, but, yeah, I think that if she went to AEW, it, it's really great for the business. I think it's really great for the company as well. It would be massive. Um, and anywhere that she goes, she's just an instant massive signing and it would change like you know the history of women's wrestling no matter where she goes but um yeah i don't know we're just gonna have to see but i want more star wars i want more mercedes star wars <laughs> alex wants a stardom by star wars like crossover oh matchup situation there you go i would love that it's like a stardom star wars themed show <laughs> oh my goodness that'd be so great oh that'd be great <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Before we get into our next hot topic, I do want to give our panelists a moment to think about this one before I go into something else. So the, the next topic is going to be Jade Cargill and which brand she should go to. But if you guys have any particular feuds in mind that you would want to see Jade Cargill first get started with, uh, make sure to include that as well. But I'm going to give you guys some time to think about it. And I'm going to read Mr. CJ Lilly's super chat here. Uh, thank you so much for this very generous super chat, Mr. CJ. Jay Lilly, who says, hey, ladies of wrestling, uh, I'd like a moment to celebrate all the new wrestling babies arriving this month. Alexa, Timelo, Carmella all have new little uh, additions. Hope they all take time with these babies before returning. Uh, so, yeah, literally in the last couple of days, we just had Timelo who had her baby, Alexa Bliss, a couple weeks ago was Carmella. Uh, what can I say, man? I love it. Women out here doing everything, having babies, having careers. Who said we couldn't have it all? Yeah, kick-ass mommies. Looking as good as she does three weeks postpartum is, like, it's upsetting. What like, is her knock it, knock it off. What is she drinking? Stop. I don't look that good after eating a burrito. That's not fair. 
it's mom. true. It's true, though. Oh, my God. Uh, Mr. CJ Lilly, thank you so much for the super chat. We really appreciate it. All right. So here we go, everybody. It's time for the next hot topic. And that is which brand should Jade Cargill go to? Who should she be feuding with first? And because she went last, she's going first this time. And that is Kate Hensler. You got one minute on the clock starting now. You go last when you kill the business and then first because <laughs> you redeemed yourself. But now I'm in the hot seat. Um, this is a tough one because I think SmackDown needs the star power. I think Raw is an embarrassment of riches that we have some really interesting stuff with these stables with damage control on the, the SmackDown side. But I honestly think NXT is probably the, the place to go. The issue is they kind of brought her in a way, brought her in in a way that supersedes that. So while I think NXT, T is the place where she should go. I would probably have her debut at Royal Rumble um, and then head to NXT to sharpen up some of that in-ring. I think she has a world of um, upside to offer, but I think her in-ring, especially with what Triple H said, might need some time to acclimate to how WWE works. So I would love to see her against like a Tiffany Stratton, like Tiffany coming in all like a spoiled brat and her just like swatting her out of the air and be like, get real chick. Could be some really, really fun stuff. So Debut at Royal Rumble, feel like a big deal, but NXT for a little bit. I love that. I love that idea, Kate. All right, so let's go ahead and take it to Alex. Alex, Queen of the Ring, you have one minute and starting now. Okay, I think that Jade Cargill should possibly go to Monday Night Raw only because there's really not much happening there. There's a lot happening on SmackDown with Damage Control. You have Shotzi, you have Charlotte. Uh, I would love to see Jade Cargill bring some of her star power to Monday Night Raw. Uh, she has some pretty good opponents, you know, like she's Nia Jax, obviously Rhea Ripley. Obviously, I think that her first title shot should be against Rhea Ripley. Uh, lots of mommies in that match for sure. Uh, but I my like prediction would be that she would debut at the Royal Rumble, but I would love to see her conquer Monday Night Raw. She could be Monday Night Jade. That's what I want to see. Uh, I have 19 seconds left. Everyone's so amazing. You guys are great. How's your Thanksgiving? Thank you so much. <laughs> <I'm done>. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, okay, we got one vote for NXT. We got one vote for Raw. And Veda, it is your turn. You got one minute on the clock starting now. Okay, so first of all, I'm going to agree with what both Alex and Kate said in terms of debuting at the Royal Rumble. I think that that is the opportunity to really just put on a huge presentation for Jade to finally, like, see her in the ring. Uh, I mean, I don't know in what capacity. I don't know if it would be in the Rumble. I don't know if it would be during the or like, I don't know. But I feel like there's a lot of eyes. It's a big pay-per-view. From a logistics standpoint, it feels like NXT, right? Because then she could get, again, time to just kind of get some reps in, get some wrestling in. But... Like Kate is saying, she's kind of been presented as already, like, such a huge star, which she is, which makes it harder. But, so I'm going to go with sort of a third option, and I don't even know if, if this is cheating, but I think she should stay as a free agent for a while. Um, I think we've seen a lot more, like, main roster people coming and going to NXT, which has been interesting. I think Jade Cargill just shows up wherever Jade Cargill wants to be, and I think that that is part of her presentation. So I say oh, free Oh, man. Okay, that's some good stuff right there. I feel yeah, like you all point. really made some really great points because, uh, like you mentioned, Veda, 
with the sort of getting more reps and getting more matches underneath her belt. NXT is perfect for that, like Kate said. And then she gets the big Royal Rumble moment, which would be the nice surprise, all of that. But then Alex makes a great point because it's like we do need a little bit more action over on Monday Night Raw. And I think that because of the way that she's been presented, you got to put her in there with these big power players. And so I think I'm leaning more towards Alex here with Monday Night Raw, although I would love the option of her being a free agent because like Kate said, I would love to see her go up against people like Tiffany Stratton, your Lyra's of the world, your Blair's, your Roxanne Perez's. So I'm kind of, this is one where I think no matter what WWE decides, uh, it will make, it would be good regardless of what they decide to go with. All right, so before we get into our top favorite matches, we got a couple of Super Chats here to get into. And first and foremost, thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson, who Yay. just gifted 10 DWO memberships. Sheldon, you're freaking awesome. <laughs> uh, sending you lots of love, man. You already know how I feel about you. David Kaplan says, hello, what do you think of Ivy Nile? This is a good one because I think it was like the last, day of October that she came in and she made her debut over on Monday Night Raw. Uh, what did you guys think of Ivy Nile? And basically, I'll start with Kate because Kate, I know you cover NXT on a weekly basis. Given what we've seen from her on NXT and what we're seeing from her right now so far on Raw, uh, what do you think? Uh, I'm a huge fan of Ivy Nile. I think in, in, in AEW, I referred to Layla Hirsch as Little Lady Taz, and I don't know if that's inaccurate for Ivy Nile. The, my only qualm here, and it has nothing to do with her, is she's kind of presented a little bit too much as the Creed's little sister, which from the relationship aspect I think is very fun, but can also make her feel kind of less important in the grand picture of Diamond Mine or the Creed brothers and her or whatever. Um, but she's fantastic. You haven't really gotten a chance to see what she's fully capable of yet on the main roster, but... When she was throwing Tazawa around, I loved it. Um, I also think that her and Maxine could be a really fun odd couple if you play it right. Only thing that didn't fully come along that we at least had a chance to see in NXT because she didn't have any um, airtime for it really was not the, the strongest promo in the world. But I think there's a really fun opportunity to have them either get absorbed into Alpha Academy because that makes sense with what's going on with the Creeds too. Or a manager with Julius Creed, Brutus, and her is like a really, really fun play. Like if Paul Heyman wasn't tied up in something, that's a, a million percent. Cause I think Julius is like almost a baby Brock Lesnar with what he's able to do. So she's fantastic. If you didn't follow her in NXT, give it some time. Cause you're going to be really, really impressed with what she brings to the ring. She's, she's a little force to be reckoned with. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, I think she could have done, they could have even had her, I know she's she's a great addition, and she's been a great addition to Creed Brothers and Diamond Mine, but I almost feel like Ivy Nile, we, there was still so much more left for her to do on NXT, so I still feel like there's probably a little bit more development that still needs to be had there, because they were keeping it sort of brief with her and her matches, but she's got a great look, and I'm, I'm with you when you said that we kind of want to see what there is to do there with her and Maxine, because they're such an odd couple type, they don't seem like they got very much in common but i think that's like the appeal of it all uh veda alex did you guys want to add anything about ivy nile yeah i mean i, I totally agree with what kate's saying and I, and I was thinking sort of along the same lines of like i would love to see a revisiting of the the configuration of like the old school diamond mine like we're talking a couple years ago because like these are fighters and these are you know no nonsense type of fighters 
it's nice to have a mouthpiece with that. Almost a man, like a manager who's like a manager, you know, like who's like a, a Paul Heyman type or like someone who's like, you know, handling that end of business for them, I think is always a cool part of the presentation. Um, but yeah, I, I'm super excited for her. I think she was great in NXT and uh, just to scratch the surface with so many cool matches she could have coming up on the main roster too. Alex, what are you? What about you? I agree. I really like Ivy. I really like Ivy um, moving up. I love her with uh, the Creed brothers. Like, like uh, Veda said, I think that she is just a good component with her. I love what she's doing with Maxine. I think that they could be a lot of fun together. Like you said, like an odd couple. I could definitely see them winning uh, the tag titles in the future. She. I love her presentation because she reminds me of Cammy from Street Fighter. I like there's just something about her that like it gives off that energy. And I'm really excited to see more of hers, uh, especially next year for 2024. Oh, that's good okay, stuff, I'm sorry man. To but there's OK. You guys cannot hear this beeping tone, right? That is no. No, okay. No, and you're good. You're good. That I am charging right now. One of them is beeping. I don't know which one it is, but I think I think you cannot hear it. You're good. I can only mic. hear it through my headphones. Okay, great. Thank you. I know it happens sometimes. But whenever you have like your phone next to your microphone, you'll hear like a little buzzing sound. Oh I God. hate it. I hear it all the time, but it it kind of go. It doesn't come through all as right. much as you would Focus think. Yeah. Beta. Ignore the beeping. No one else can hear it. Okay. ADHD. It's in your head. It's holding your head. Just kidding. All right. Is the beep um, in the room with us? Yeah, right. <laughs> so before I read this next super chat, you guys should know that this is kind of uh, in regards to a conversation that Reg and I had on last night's show. And yes, boy says, is it true? Women look up their wiki feed score. So this conversation came up, unfortunately, because... We were talking about how Tony Storm's feet got a pop last night on AEW Dynamite. <laughs> and <laughs> unfortunately, I have a WikiFeet page, which I'm not proud of, but it's <gasps> up there. I know. And so this is a whole... <laughs> this is why Yes Boys sent this in, okay? Just giving a background to this. Um, Alex, <laughs> I, think, I think we broke Alex. <laughs> Wait wait wait, 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 wait. So I was not is... surprised by this even in the slightest bit. Holy shit. This wait, I'm, I'm blowing my mind. Okay, wait. So there's a Wikipedia page for Perfect. like content creators' feats? No. No. Oh my gosh. Reg didn't, know, Reg didn't know either. Well, I found out a couple years ago because I, I just found out, you know, like I just found out, right? But yes, there's a Wikipedia page for, and you go on there and you just search any like celebrity or anybody with any sort of relevance. And there are pictures of their feet. And it could be like the most innocent thing. Like maybe you had a toe sticking out. <laughs> I don't know. And all of a sudden it's up on freaking Wikipedia. I know it's beta is like um yeah what of my I'm life just, wrestles to, barefoot I'm trying no, to see I was if just, he's on I was just re-looking up my score to make sure that I'm still coming in where I think I'm coming in <laughs> yeah you gotta be right now I have a four and a half star rating on Wikifeet Wikifeet um at a five I'm or very ten proud of that take great care of the feet uh and there are five? many many photographs of my feet on the internet and you know what Honestly, feet aren't necessarily my thing personally, but as long as people are respectful of it, I respect it. And you know what? I have paid a lot of my bills with those wiki feet. So you know <laughs> what? If you enjoy, if you enjoy, if you enjoy my feet, thank you. Uh, I respect you for the high rating. 
damn, I'm out here giving feet for free. I got bills to pay, damn it. OnlyFans.com. As long as we are all consenting adults, whatever you're into. So, so is it like if you've like somehow shown your feet on the internet, like yeah. even if it's just like a one-off photo, like you just so, went to the um, beach, Alex? Yes, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, you're done. But for. like, there's like people will have ratings on there, even if it's just so much as like, well, like in a shoe or something. I think so. There, it's it, there's levels. There's all sorts of levels. I just searched my name and I don't have a page. I feel offended. Okay, well there you go. <laughs> So well, you have to make decisions. Do you want to change that? Or are you okay with that? I, if I'm going to change it, I'm going to make money off of it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. See, now, see, now people are going to DM me and they're going to use my email, my business email. Of like, so do you have a, a like a foot only fans? Like, no, I don't. But should I change? And just so you know, WikiFeet men also exist. So just yeah, absolutely. Oh my god! Oh, oh trust god. me, I know. Who am I married to? I was. That's what I was saying. Him. Yes. Like yeah. yes. My husband wrestles barefoot, yeah. and uh, trust me, there's a lot what's of his, content out there. What's, what's his, his rating, feet? bro? So what's are you are you ratings? Do you guys yes. have ratings? Yeah. Four, well, so is my rating is very high. I will say that. Um, let's I see forgot here. what mine is. Bam. I don't even want to talk about it. I'm so ashamed. I'm sorry. Like, so if my grandma knew over. about this, she'd slap me upside down. But you didn't do anything oh, about it. Yeah, You're an innocent bystander. But still, she would still, she would, she would slap me across the face. I'd get the chancla for this. You're Latina. It's, I get so, it. Yeah. It's filed. Okay. It's filed exporting from the GoPro. That's what's beeping. Okay. Oh, got you. <laughs> got you. <laughs> All right. Sorry, we really derailed this. However, no, it's it okay. Was a question Beeping that was feet, brought up totally in the fine. chat. It was a paid for question. Yes, it was All paid right. for. Domianist one says Jade can have a good run at the Rumble, but Liv Morgan is winning that match Ooh. this year. You can take that to Ooh. the bank. Wow. I would not I mind know. seeing that. I would not mind seeing Liv win. I would not mind that at all. Don't hate I, it. Don't hate I, it. I I would be surprised. I would be very surprised. And that's a little bit of where I'm at. I don't think it would be Liv Morgan, but I love Liv Morgan. I think she's such a sweetheart, so I wouldn't mind it either, but I would be very surprised if that was the direction they went. Sometimes yeah. people don't win, but they have like a very memorable run. And exactly. I think that could be that could also fit and like well, really just sort of solidify someone. She kind of had that last year too, I think. But if mm -hmm. you look at the the stories that they're setting up, it certainly feels like we're getting Becky and Rhea. And I would be kind of surprised if we didn't also get Charlotte and Bianca on the other side. Unless Mercedes were to come back, then I would say we're yeah, probably getting a four horse women. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then we're getting that four horse women match. I don't but... understand how Mercedes would get to challenge for both championships at WrestleMania, but she would. So yeah. it doesn't <laughs> like I don't know. That will change everything. We'll Unified. Soon. She's going to give us the blueprint. See, I think okay, Liv Morgan, Denise, like... do you have other topics for us to address? No, we actually got a question here, though. This is okay. from Nick Grasso, who says, Did you ladies think damage control turns on Bailey tomorrow night in Brooklyn? Is that no. where the moment will happen? Yes, but no. Do we want that? I mean, we know it's going to happen, but do we want it to happen on SmackDown? Like this coming SmackDown? I'm going to say yes, because I like when big stuff happened. I don't like when we hold off for too long. Yeah. So I'm going to say yes. Let's just go for it. That pop in Brooklyn, especially, is going to be huge if that happens. Like, and Brooklyn is such a special place for Bailey. So to have it happen there, like, when oh, at that emotional level. And right? it's, in, like, it's in the Barclays Center, too, yeah. which is where the yeah, NXT. It feels like. 
it feels like it's got to happen, but I don't know. I think it it's is. Let's just go for it. I know. I know. It's a heartbreaker, but it's a good one because we want to see it. And yeah. I think Bailey and, like, comes out really... baby face from it. So I think that's that's kind of the, the good of what comes out of that, right? For People sure. be heartbroken by the turn. It feels early story-wise to me, but man, yeah. SmackDown in Brooklyn is feels like the move, right? My goodness. I think it does. Thank you so much to Nick Grasso for sending in the super chat. We got Adelia Chamberlain who says, cheers to all you fabulous ladies. What a panel. Uh, Adelia, who's been a DWO member here for 10 months. Thank you so much um, for the uh, for the support. Seriously, thank you very, very much. All right, guys. So here we go. It is now time to pick our favorite matches of the month. Uh, I basically told the panel ahead of time they can pick up to three matches. However, uh, many they feel they actually want to highlight here. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and kick it off and I'm going to give all of the ladies their proper uh, solo screen for this one here. So I'm going to go ahead and get started with Alex. Alex, you have your chance to go up and tell us what your favorite moments or matches for this month were. Okay. Hello. Uh, so one of my favorite matches starting, I'm going to go in the P uh, TJPW lane. It was Magical Sugar Rabbits with Hyper Masao versus uh, one half of Free Wi-Fi, which is Hikari Noah, uh, Miyu Mashida, and Yuki Aino. It was a very fun match. I personally, I love Hyper Masao. And if you like comedy wrestling, like you need to look up Hyper Masao. Um, and there's like that underlayer, kind of a little bit of a storytelling with uh, Magical Sugar Rabbits vacating their... Um, their tag titles with Hikari also as one half of the tag titles. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it's definitely a good match to get familiar with um, the product of TJPW uh, if you ever wanted to get into it. Uh, my second one is over at Stardom, which was the finals for the Gardas goddess of Stardom Tag League finals, which was Divine Kingdom, uh, which is Micah and Megan Bain versus crazy star and may sorry i think no that's not how you pronounce her name i believe it's um seda that's what it is it's seda and suzu suzuki i really like that one because i love the goddess of uh, tag league um this was the finals and with Micah and Suzu Suzuki coming off of their five-star Grand Prix finals, there's a little bit of tension there. Uh, going into next month, there is going to be a qualifying match. Suzu Suzuki is putting up her number one contender uh, ship on the line with Hazuki for the World of Stardom Championship. There's a lot of things happening in the air with Stardom uh, with that vacated championship. So it was a fun match. Again, another great starting point at Stardom as well. And then, of course, at Full Gear, I just have to give it up to Chris Statlander versus Julia Hart versus Sky Blue. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I think this was a perfect uh, triple threat match for this championship. Uh, and I thought it was great to change hands, not having Chris Statlander take the pin, but having Julia Hart stealing uh, the pin from Chris Statlander after she hit her finish with Sky Blue. Uh, and Julia Hart 
Jeez, she's amazing. She's really like improved so much throughout the year. And now that she's TBS champion, she's having fantastic matches. She just had a match with Emi Sakura. I can't wait to see the future for Julia Hart. They continue to tell the story with Sky Blue, with her possession, and also Chris Statlander. I cannot wait to see her come up to the main title scene for the Women's World Championship, uh, especially now that Tony Storm has it. So those are my picks. Great job, Alex. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that uh, full gear match because that was definitely one that I think kind of won over the crowd. One, the second they started like really getting invested, like you saw this change in the crowd where they went from like, okay, let's let's see what they've got to all of a sudden, hey man, there's some awesome moments in this. So yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I'm bringing that one up. And I'm so glad that you also mentioned last night's match with Emi Sakura and Julia Hart. It was a brief match, but it was a nice little, uh, it was different, I think, for Julia. Mm -hmm. Hart and different for the type of women's matches that we've been seeing over on Dynamite. Of course, we've seen Emi Sakura do a lot, but in Emi Sakura and Julia Hart is not a match that I recall ever seeing on Dynamite. So it felt uh, definitely different. All right. So now we're going to go ahead and give the screen over to Kate Hensler. Kate, take the floor. What were your top three moments or matches for this month? Well, you know, I always come prepared with backups in case somebody sneaks in and takes one of mine, which Alex <laughs> did with that triple threat. So I've got some fun ones to bring up, starting with um, Stephanie Vecure versus Mayu Iwatani at New Japan Strong Lone Star Shootout. Uh, it was my second favorite match on the card next to uh, the beloved of Miss Veda Scott and ZSJ. Such a fun match. Such a fun match to go back and watch. Uh, the pacing of that match in particular, I thought was absolutely fantastic. Uh, and those two tore it down with like both just a really nice combination of um, athleticism being showed and also just some really, really hard hitting women's wrestling in there. Really fun finish to that match too. go check out New Japan Strong if you're not. It's like one of my favorite brands right now. Um, I will also go with this one, which surprised the heck out of a lot of us, I think. Uh, Ronda Rousey and Marina Shafir versus uh, <laughs> versus the the Minion Squad over there. Now uh, I understand and empathize with a lot of people's issues with Ronda Rousey, but I have to say it's pretty undeniably cool that when she's done with WWE, the first thing she does is go to the Indies and ROH. That's that to me is a pretty cool thing because she is even in kind of the hardcore circles. If people don't love her, like she's a draw. She gets eyes on the product, so. The idea that she went to ROH of all places, I think is cool. And then watching the match back, it was a really good match. It's one of her better matches in a while. I think stylistically, there's a lot of people in ROH that have a lot to offer Ronda. So whether it was a one-stop moment or she sticks around, that match stands out. And almost just for the moment that it was, as someone who's always championing ROH and always getting her dreams shattered <laughs> of late, like that was just a really, really cool moment. And in general, ROH, one of the most respected brands in wrestling, has not always been that for women's wrestling in particular. So seeing women's wrestling rise in ROH is something that's been pretty darn cool. And then I got to go with this women's war games match, man. I had a blast with this opening match. I know everybody was talking about Punk at the end, but from a match perspective, Denise and I got to talk about it on the post show. I thought this was aces. The story and the booking and the match all coming together is not something we always get. This had all three for me. Bailey saving everybody from getting pinned, but as we know, it's still going to be the one to probably get jumped out here. Such good stuff. I loved that the heels lost somewhat 
clean. I think the turn that we're referring to maybe happening on SmackDown is something people saw maybe coming in this match. And the fact that they didn't do it there, I thought was actually a, a really inspired choice. And then the match itself was so fun. You got Asuka with the mist. You've got Io back in her regular form with a trash can flying crossbody. What more do you want from a match than this? I thought it was match of the night. I thought they absolutely tore it down. What a blast. And I think it kicked the butt of the men's one. I'll just say that. Okay. <laughs> Go ladies. Killing it. But yeah, those three were uh, my favorites of the month that I can recall in a very dense month of wrestling. Well, I got to tell you, I was so happy that you mentioned the women's war games match because that was one. Kate, you and I talked about it on Fightful and it was the best war games match, in my opinion, for this year. From what we saw, I liked it more than the men's one. Uh, I thought that it was just so freaking cool, man. And that image afterwards with all the women on the top of the cage, like it looked freaking epic. Like that's something that we need to see uh, WWE like constantly showing like one of those moments that you've seen replay like over and over. We need to get that spot of course and all right so let's go ahead and give the floor over to veda scott for her to pick her top three favorite uh wrestling matches or moments for this month okay well so this is the problem with going last because uh <laughs> many of my choices were already mentioned but i'm happy about that because it means that lots of eyes and we're you know like we we have very similar tastes, and I think that's great. Alex mentioned a bunch of my picks. Uh, we're always ready to shout out Tokyo Joshi, so I will shout out another match from TJPW that happened this past month, and a match that personally I'm very, very proud of. Um, it was from the November 19th Tokyo Joshi show, which wasn't a huge show, but ended up having a lot of really good matches on it, including uh, there was a tag match that was really, really great, but my pick for a match that I think everyone should check out was the main event. It was Show Nakajima, who a lot of people are familiar with from TJPW and also from her time doing matches in AEW against Max the Impaler, the non-binary nightmare, who is the international princess champion right now in Tokyo Joshi. Max is someone who has really solidified themselves as a member of the Tokyo Joshi roster coming in, coming out, going back to America, coming back to Japan, has just grown so much as a wrestler. Max is doing drop kicks, like it's crazy, and now they're a champion, and this was a main event match. So this was Max in the main event. Shoko Nakajima is, of course, always wonderful. That's my first pick. Um, let me hold on. I'm looking at my list and trying to cross off matches that I already said. Obviously, <laughs> the War Games match, incredible. The triple threat from Full Gear, incredible. Let me shout out, uh, well, we talked about New Japan, but let's talk about Julia versus Hayan from Fighting Spirit Unleashed, which was the New Japan show in Las Vegas. Julia, of course, we talk about her all the time. She's amazing. She's the New Japan Strong Women's Champion. And she took on Hayan, who was making her debut with New Japan, something that Hayan has wanted to do for many years, even before there were women wrestling in New Japan, under the New Japan umbrella, Hayan said, I'm going to do it, and she did. She is someone that I've known for many, many years. She's better and better every single match. It was incredible. I also got to call that match, so like, there's a personal connection to it, but it was great. You got to seek it out. Same goes for the Stephanie Becker-Mayu match that was happened uh, two weeks later. But um, I would say this isn't necessarily my top pick, but it's a moment that I think we should mention. Um Less so a match and more of just a moment. But if you are interested in DDT or Tokyo Joshi, um, 
there was a wrestler there called Saki Akai who had her last match in this past month at DDT's Ultimate Party. It's the DDT show where Chris Jericho wrestled Konosuke Takeshita. A lot of people checked it out. But Akai had her last match, and she is someone who is just an incredible— she was always so kind to me personally every time that I've worked with Toki Joshi or DDT. But she is someone who— you know, broke down barriers. She has been the only female member, female full-time roster member of DDT for many, many years. She wrestled, you know, everybody, huge singles matches, tag matches. She also was in Tokyo Joshi. Um, she is someone who I just really, you know, really just look up to as a person, and I wish her all the best. But she had her last match. It was a great match, and it was a huge moment. So uh, my third moment is Asaki Akai and her retirement. Best wishes. All righty. Okay. We so talked you talked about all the like so many I know. I was going to say, you no, had some that. good stuff in there. And I love that there's certain that there's matches that you have on there, especially your number two, where you have the personal collect connection because you got to call those matches. Because with that, it's like you are obviously part of making the match because commentary has to, you know, add life and depth and analysis to the actual matchup. So I think that's pretty freaking awesome. Well, and, and Denise, you were at the Revolver show where Athena and Billy Starks faced Marina and Ronda for the first time uh, a week before they did it at ROH. And that was, I, I called that match. And that was like, I almost sandwiched that match in with the ROH match because it was really cool to kind of see even the progression just even over the course of a week, like how this match evolved and how these fighters evolved. But yeah. How, how did cool. it feel so like calling a, a Ronda Rousey match? <laughs> Um, so it was, it was, it was cool because like, okay, I'm probably not going to ever have the opportunity to do this again. Again, per personal feelings, uh, are, are what they are. Um, but it was just another, for me, the showcase of that match truly was just how we talked about like Rana, you know, coming to ROH and like putting the focus on things, but like Rana in ROH would not happen without Athena in ROH, like Rhonda wrestling on revolver would not happen without athena and the strong strong performances that she has put on like we talked about mercedes coming to AEW and forcing there to be attention on the women's division that's what athena has done in ring of honor 100 like you have to pay like ring of honor for women's wrestling has become a destination as opposed to i, I think it was denise maybe no it was kate i think we mentioned in the past women's wrestling maybe wasn't the strong point of ring, well, ring of honor and like including when i was there working um but the way that Athena has elevated the women's division so much, like now it's a destination. And I think that that is like really the true story to come out of that whole interaction. I love and that. And I know Kate, Kate covers Ring of Honor on a weekly basis. So I'm sure uh, she can attest to that as well. Love Ring of Honor. Yeah. I mean, Athena has, that's a really great way of, of phrasing it, Veda. Like she's made it a destination. She's the the back that that brand is carried on. And I don't think that's happened in ring of honor before, which is really, really cool. And through just really simple, simple means. And I would even argue that's the same with Julia Hart in that the way that she got there is first of all, working her butt off. And second of all, just like logical storytelling, building up wins, being protected, but being in compelling stories, and that Athena's taken it to this whole other level with this minions angle, right? Like now we get this com comedic side of this wildly dominant champion. But it's it's really really cool to see someone truly put a whole division on their back, and that's why I'm so passionate about it. Is I wish more eyes were on that because she's doing such like all time or world class incredible work there. 
All righty. And we got a couple of super chats that I want to go ahead and read. And this one here is from Juan Ortega. Uh, thank you so much to Juan for this very generous super chat who says, with the New Japan Pro Wrestling Stardom crossover coming back in 2024, bring back the team of Julia and Zack Sabre Jr. I want to ask all four of you ladies, who would you like Mercedes Monet to team up with? We thinking Okada or Tanahashi. Of course, Ta Okada is like the biggest marquee name for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, but you know what? I'll toss this question to Alex I feel like this is in your territory Alex what do you think it's in my realm um I mean Okada like you said that is the obvious choice the star power between them alone like that is going that would be amazing I would love to see that I would love to see the entrances the like ring coats oh my goodness that'd be great um Tanahashi I don't think that would be uh plausible however it would be pretty cool to see her like go out with uh you know go ace behind her and everything but i would love to see mercedes team up with sonata i think that their styles they're both pretty vicious in their own realm but their styles are like somewhat similar in a way but in my like fantasy booking i feel like they would make a fantastic team together their demeanor together um and I, there's just something about sonata that i feel like he's improved so much within the last year that i just would love to see him team up with someone of like mercedes star power uh so those those are my choices I love that, Alex. Thank you so much. I'm going to direct this question to Juan. I mean, sorry, to Veda, because this is from Juan directed to you. And he says, um, WrestleCade, Veda, which match from LNO did you enjoy? Oh, it was a super fun show. Uh, the whole thing was great. A really nice showcase of there was. So the thing with with LNO and, and Title Match Network is, especially at WrestleCade, oftentimes we have, and we did this time, have uh, like big tag matches and and battle royals showcasing some talent that maybe are not as exposed uh and so there's a lot of women who wrestled on this show who were newer to me and i was really impressed with um we did have izzy moreno uh wrestling on the show wrestling for the uh mission pro championship that was a big match um and time we get to see izzy in the ring is really really fun like literally really fun so we've watched her grow up yeah yeah literally. yeah for sure um it's definitely an event worth checking out it's on the title match network um but that was a match i enjoyed um i love getting the opportunity to see kylan king uh fight and call her matches she had a great match with with caitlin marie who is someone who's really on the rise we had a there were a, like the stars were out for this particular show there was a first time ever matchup between zaya brookside who a lot of people are familiar with from nxt uk and masha slamovich like that is a clash of styles it was a great show but i don't know if i have a a favorite match they were all really really good I love that. Uh, thank you so much for the breakdown of that. And Juan, thank you for the super chat. And um, we got another one here from Farron Wood who says, um, say Vacare. Okay, so this is in regards to Stephanie uh, Vacare. Uh, so in but it eight different ways. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have no idea. No idea. So I'm when I worst. did the interview with her, I said Vacare. And she didn't correct me. So that was great. So, um, but I think it's, she obviously is going to pronounce it with a lot more of, more love in there for sure. <laughs> I've heard Vecure, I've heard Vecure, I've heard Vecura, I've I've heard yeah. several, and I have zero percent chance of getting any of them right. I'm so sorry <laughs> if I if I butchered it on here, but 
She's deaf and she tears it down. My apologies for however I butcher her name. <laughs> Johnny says, for all women, uh, for all women, you want to be in a stadium stampede match. Well, that would obviously be over on the AEW side of things. And of course, the oof, Sheeta would be one of them for sure. Jamie Hayter, if she w- wasn't injured, that would be great too. Um, who do you guys have in mind that you would throw in there? So right now it's hard to say because usually stadium stampede uh, is between like warring groups, like warring factions, and yes. warring interests, mm-hmm. and I don't know that we necessarily have that happening in AEW right now, which is its own conversation. But um, I mean, we always sort of have this sort of like amorphous alliance between, like, let's say Chris Statlander, Willow Nightingale, Sky Blue. Sometimes mm-hmm. maybe that's a mystery, but like there there are groups of people that are kind of aligned. But I don't know. I mean, I feel like any women that were in it would shine. But I would love to see it come about because there is a featured, you know, feud happening. Yeah. Alrighty. Um. Yeah, and I agree with you on that one because there isn't any actual like real factions. I mean, I guess aside from the outcast, but the interest is very very low on that end. So you know, just for fun, I guess those are some of the names that you would see. But until we get some real concrete stories and something like that, it feels like that's going to be a long time from now when we get a women's stadium stampede. I, I don't feel we're that close to it, uh, which is unfortunate. And I hope that we do get to that point. Uh, Johnny, thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate that a whole lot and this is from dominus one in relation to that who says would have been cool if we didn't squander the outcast unfortunately it just wasn't working out uh it wasn't coming across as like super great on television and thankfully tony storm kind of found her own direction and now they're telling the story with ruby soho and angela parker that's something there uh soraya 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 there really isn't much else going on with her right now on AEW that i'm not thinking about right now uh so dominus one thank you so much for the super chat as well all Righty, um, before we get into this question from Matthew Hooks, we'll answer Matthew Hooks' question in just a second because it kind of ties into what we're going to talk about next. And the next one, we got the clock on the line again, everybody. And the next one is um, one minute to tell us who your who your woman's wrestler of the month is. Who is the one that just did a phenomenal job? So I'm going to go ahead and you know what? Who wants to go first this time? I don't think I went first yet. Let me go first. Okay, yeah, all right, go all first. right, cool. Yeah. I think you know. I was funny because I was going to do the popcorn thing. You know, in school when you do the popcorn thing, where like one person. <laughs> but then I was like, thing. wait, you never did the popcorn thing. So when the teacher would give you guys like a chapter to read, right, and you had to read it out loud, she would start with one person. So let's say I went first. So the popcorn thing would be then that I would pick somebody else to be the next person to read. So I'd be like, oh, okay, okay, you get this, like. After I'm done reading my portion, I would say Kate and then Kate would take off from there. So it was one of those methods where like you had to be paying attention because if your name was called and you didn't know what part you were on, the teacher would know you weren't paying attention. That's the popcorn game. Got you. I probably wasn't paying attention in school and that's why I didn't know it. (laughs) We got people in here who remember the popcorn game. (laughs) You know what? Next week we'll do that. I mean, next week, next month we'll do the popcorn. I thought it was like, I thought it was like, you remember like heads down, thumbs up? Like I'm like, are we doing that? Seven up. No, I the trick is you got to look at those people's shoes. Yeah, yeah, you got to be yeah. hanging oh, off the that's desk. That's actually yeah. cheating. That's not <laughs> a trick, Alex. That's cheater. cheating. I That's what I said in school so that I wouldn't get in trouble, Veda. Okay? <laughs> I was My pet peeve. Quick hack. 
Look at my cat. Teeth. Just lie, cheat, and steal. Yeah, we were little Eddie Guerreros running around in kindergarten. Hell yeah. Please. I brought it home for like table one or wherever I was sitting. I cheated to get there, but I was going over it. Heads up, seven up, man. Heads up, seven up. And let me tell you, my pet peeve for that game and why I never like to play it and why I don't like to play it to this day is I did not like how other people's thumbs fell on my thumb. No, that's <laughs> weird. Have this that's issue. Fair. Like some people yes. would be so aggressive and other people it was like oh, but like yeah. other people oh, would yeah. be so clammy it's like why is your hand yeah. sweaty yeah. Like, you don't even like, you do gotta... anything you're just about to touch the thumb and then you put it down we don't need to be grasping and manipulating yeah, no. yeah some people yeah. would get too aggressive some Pete Dunn in here like what are we doing <laughs> Why are we although, fingers? Although that's how you knew like who liked you in school if they like touched your thumb like this and they like touched it a, like they held it a little longer and then pushed it down. What? I was like, ooh, I'm gonna send them a love note in what? the cafeteria. Well, that's how you know who it was because she was looking at the shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. like, oh, Derek has a crush on me or something. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> so when no, I was in acting, there's a question somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> What was the question? Let me see. Wrestler of the month. Top, yeah, yeah, of the top month. female. Oh, oh, that was I asked the question. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, easy. but really quickly on the thumb thing. So I was in acting class, and there was an activity that we used to do. If you're ever in a group of people and you want to try this activity, go right ahead. So everybody would get um, would start off with a partner, and you would basically spend like 30 seconds touching thumbs, literally just doing this. And then you would be like, with your eyes closed, blindfolded, this big group of people, you had to go around and touch everybody's thumb until you found your way back to your partner where you first nope. started. Because apparently everybody's thumb feels different. And I didn't think that this would happen. Close my eyes. There's like 20 kids in the class. I touched so many thumbs. I found my thumb, the other person that I had started with. And I knew the second I touched this person's thumb, this was the first thumb that I started with. I'm not kidding you. Try it. You would be surprised. Like, this is a real thing. I will take your word for it because the I, that just even the two thumbs touching made me like, I don't know. I used to make you do freaky shit in acting class. Like, if anybody here has ever taken an acting class, the whole thing is to make you uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. Honestly, it's to make you vulnerable. I went to theater school, so that was like, that was all my classes was to make me uncomfortable and vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I became a tech because I didn't want to do improv exercises. That's fair. That's fair. Women's wrestling, wiki feet, and thumb touching. That's what you get on our little round Well, we need a wiki thumb now. Like, we just need a wiki thumb grade. I think my nails are Can we do it now? My nails are routinely like roll around with sweaty people I don't know as a job. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> I can't explain it. Alrighty, guys. Let's go ahead and do this. We got to pick our women's wrestler of the month. You guys got one minute. And Veda was going to go first. That's what it was. Yeah, I'm going to go first. I have an answer. All right. And starting now. It's got to be Kyrie. It has to be Kyrie. Kyrie came back to WWE like she did awesome things while she was away she had other things going on in her life and now that the time is right and the time is right for her she is back and she came back with like huge fanfare joining up with damage control i mean i don't know again we talked about the damage control storyline my sub woman of the month is bailey just because she's been going through it and i don't think she realizes that she's been going through it and part of that has been Kyrie coming back actually honestly it's all of damage control how 
like, I can't even pick one. But I would say Kyrie only because she has made the return. But, like, EO is EO. Dakota Kai is a featured part of the show while she's injured. Like, I don't know. All of them are killing it. But my pick is Kyrie. She is back. She's going to do huge things. It's great to see her back. I hope she's happy. She's clearly happy if she is, like, where she wants to be. So, Kyrie. So I got to tell you, like Kyrie is a great pick, especially because I just love how she looks, even just her look. She looks so mysterious, so freaking cute. I don't know how she does it. It's phenomenal. Oh, and like all the clips of her, like still being like friendly to fans and then like being told not to do that. Like when Bailey's like, don't, don't, don't shake (laughs) their hands. Don't, don't give like, no, stop. Like that is, it's just so good. The whole thing is so good. But yeah, Aveda, let's implement popcorn. Who's next? Uh, Kate. <laughs> All right, Kate, you're up. One minute on the clock starting now. <laughs> I love that Denise is like honor system. I'm showing you the clock, by the way. It's like my underrated part of all of this. Like I wouldn't trust her. I could um, lie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with Julia Hart and now I've taken 15 seconds off of my own time to do it. I just am so impressed by how she's grown at every facet of what she's doing. And I believe she's 22 years old. She was super over at Wrestle Dream. I don't know if that's why they decided to to run this back, but she's incredibly over. We saw it last night with her and Emmy. Like the crowd is chanting her name. The character side of this, she's been nailing the whole time. Her in-ring has come along so much. And I love that we're getting a mix of things like the moonsault being outstanding, but also using the heartless as the finisher, like really mixing up the styles of what she can do in the ring. So so much impressive growth has led to this moment and they are capitalizing on it. And I'm so happy because she you only get that much better that quickly with an ass load of hard work. So mm-hmm. Julia Hart for me. I love that. All righty. Um, so now we're going to go ahead and uh, Kate, popcorn. Who's next? Me or Alex? Oh, I know. What does Sophie's choice be about this? But I'm going to throw it to Denise just because I, I knew you heard would. her as much. I knew you would. I'm like, not only do I got to multitask with my own clock, but I got to give my own pick. All right, do here you we want, go. Do you want us to keep It's okay. Track? I got it. I already got the clock out. Let's we'll go. We'll do this at 10 seconds. We'll like, ah, to you. All right. So starting now, uh, my pick is definitely Rhea Ripley. So the reason why it's Rhea Ripley is that I think this has been one of the better months for her reign. And that is because she literally had like two pretty big matches. She obviously just had the match with Zoe Stark, which I really enjoyed seeing that. Then there was the Fatal Five Way match that she had at Crown Jewel. I thought that one was really fun as well. And um, the big thing, though, aside from those two big matches, is the fact that she's been really mixing it in there with the guys. Like she was the one that came out and confronted. Randy Orton in his big return back to Monday night, Monday night raw. That was huge. The alliance that she formed with drew McIntyre, when we closed out raw with literally drew McIntyre and Rhea Ripley staring at each, not staring at each other, like doing the handshake thing. That was a huge moment. So for me, like seeing everything that they've done with Rhea Ripley has really just made her into a bigger star. So yay, Rhea Ripley. I did it. Nicely done. Nicely done, Denise Salcedo. You know, it's crazy all the things that you can say in a minute. I know, right? All right, Alex. Last but not least, you're on the clock. Starting now. Wow, I'm glad I went last because everyone stole my pick, but that's okay. Uh, For me... Uh, top wrestler of this month. To be honest, it's really in terms of character work. It's Tony Storm, man. Like she's doing such a great job on Dynamite. She is 
so entertaining. I always look forward to her vignettes, uh, especially now with Mariah May and RJ City. Absolutely love RJ City. He's the best. Uh, but with Tony Storm, like she's always had it in the ring, right? Like her in-ring work is so good. But now that she's like progressing with this character, with this like golden age Hollywood character, it is so fascinating. I am so interested to see where we are in a year from now with this character. I'm happy that she has the championship. I really wanted to see her crack a little bit by not, by possibly losing at full gear. But right now it is Tony Storm. I think that when, once we round out the year in terms of year end awards, it's going to be Tony Storm. Okay, bye. <laughs> I love this, by the way. All right, so uh, MD89 says, I'm shocked as hell that Alex didn't pick a wrestler from Japan. Well, you know, I got to keep y'all on your toes, you know? Yeah. We're just out here surprising us all. Also, like, there was a great month, but it was a big tag month for stardom. So we didn't have, like, necessarily one pick. So. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Plus, Tony right. Storm right now, she has a touch of the gout, if you haven't heard. So it's and just I, nice that she I gets acknowledged. Tony was a top pick last month, too. I feel like Tony's going to be a top pick, honestly, maybe for the rest of her career. Like, it should always be about Tony Storm. But that was great. Like, and exactly what Alex is saying. Like, this is just, there's now layers happening. If this whole thing is based on the film that I think it's based on, it's going to get interesting very soon with Mariah May in the mix. Let's go. All right. So next up, we got Matthew Hooks at Super Chat here who says, what woman is your star to look out for in 2024? Mm. So I'm just going to go ahead and say Lyra Valkyra. I think this is her next year is going to be her year. Uh, I'll start off with that. Uh, popcorn, Kate, you're up. Revenge for putting me up. My gosh. I was trying to keep the well fresh for you. Okay. Do you know how hard <laughs> it is when your thing gets picked? Um, I'll say this. I think Layla Hirsch is a, a star in the making, and I, I think you should keep an eye out for her. Uh, on the international scene, uh, there's a wrestler in Australia named Delta who was just put on my radar, and holy crap, if she's not the next Rhea Ripley in the making, I don't know who is. Would strongly recommend checking her out. If she's not signed by the time WWE rolls around to Perth, I think she will be by the time WWE leaves Perth. She's unbelievable from what I've seen. Keep an eye out for Delta. Nice. I like that. All right. Uh, Kate, who's up? Ooh, I'll go with Alex since I did her dirty last time around. <laughs> no, you didn't, you didn't do me dirty. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, so for my answer, uh, a star to look out for in 2024, I'm going to say Hazuki because I think it's about time that Hazuki has more come ups in stardom. I mean, now she's about to face Susa Suzuki for a number one contender, uh, contendership uh for the world of stardom championship and if she loses this i think it's gonna put more fuel in her fire and i feel like 2024 it's like about damn time that hazuki um just has a moment to shine in stardom and i just i know that Suzu suzuki might be a safer choice but for hazuki i just again i just think it's about damn time like she's such a good competitor uh if you guys haven't seen mercedes versus azumi versus azuki go watch that and you will see why she is my answer all righty veda you're the last one so what is your pick so i'm gonna pick someone who is already a star but i think is about to have potentially just the best year of her entire career we talked about it before but i'm going back to athena because she is someone who is just and Kate can attest to this as someone who talks about ROH and reviews ROH. Is that just like the pinnacle of ROH? She is the forever champ. Like there is, she's unbeatable, which means that eventually she's going to get beaten. 
And what happens next after that, I think that potentially, like, there, we've talked about maybe which she would be on Dynamite. I don't know where she would be. But, like, I feel like she has just reached the echelon of things with the ROH Women's Championship. And once she does potentially lose that, I think that she can take the character in a new direction. And I think that if she were to end up on Dynamite or Collision more often, like, people are going to see. So that that's my choice is is Athena having just an incredible year. See, and- I was gonna choose Julia, but I was like, she's already a star. But I feel like stars that are like gonna be made further stars too mm-hmm. is like a really interesting conversation because there's some people that are like this like Lyra is not on a lot of people's radar yet just because mm-hmm. she's on NXT, like and she will be. And then there's all these people who are like breaking out right now. And it's so well, cool to Lyra's have that dimension in the scene, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. it's cool to have both sides of that, I feel like. Well, so, and, and Lyra's such an interesting pick because she is someone who I think, you know, people got familiar with her in NXT UK. She came to NXT, and, like, I don't think that a lot of focus was on her, and I think her winning the championship was kind of a surprise, mm-hmm. but she won it from from Becky Lynch. Like, they, they put such a huge stamp of approval on her right away that I think she's a great pick, like Denise said. Like, it just seems like there is just so much behind her. But, yeah, all good picks. So I want to stay with what Kate brought up for a second, and that is Julia, because we got a super chat here from Bear Hudson who says, how big of a signing would it be for WWE to sign Julia, one of the best wrestlers in Japan, and what brand would you put her in? Love you guys. Be safe. So Kate, since you had brought her up, I'll have you get started with this question here. Uh, Any thoughts? Man, this is a, a tough one. It would be a huge signing, first of all. Like, she's unbelievable. Probably Raw, just because right now that feels kind of like the the workhorse brand. And I feel like if you sign Julia, um, so much of the magic is what she brings to the ring specifically. And I just feel like because it's in that three-hour format, matches get a little bit more time there. And just seems like we get a lot of in-ring focus where SmackDown seems to be a lot more character-heavy and a a lot of things behind the scene. Not saying that the women there aren't killing it in the ring too, but uh, even from a booking perspective, it's less clean finishes and things like that. Uh, from what I've seen so I would probably say she goes to raw but I think she's a star no matter where you put her she's she's unbelievable and I've I've thought that since I've seen her seeing her live I was like oh she's one of those people when you see her live it's just on a different level like there's there's some wrestlers that when you see them live it's just like next level up and and she's one of them for sure uh Alex I want to get your thoughts on Julia and what kind of impact do you think she would make in WWE Oh, man, she'd make a huge impact, you know, like first for like hardcore WWE Universe fans. I think that they won't realize how big of a signing Julia is until they see her in the ring, until they see her style in the ring. Um, She is definitely I mean, she's number one, someone to look out for in 2024. She's already had a fantastic 2023 uh, and the sky's the limit for her, honestly, next year, I think. With her going to WWE, I would love to see her. I would love to see her in SmackDown. I I agree with Kate where Monday Night Raw could be a really good division for her since, again, like we mentioned earlier, there's not really much happening there. Um, But I would love to see her face off against Kyrie again. They have that history. You know, Io was a Grand Slam winner in stardom. I would love to see them play something out with that. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I would love, I really would love to see Julia if they do have the interest, if they do it right, it'd be great. Uh, even though 
Papa H doesn't know what Joshi is, <laughs> uh, which I had to, you know, I guess I just smartened him up a little bit, bit. Yeah. a little bit, a little bit. I had to break it up with the CM Punk questions, but um, yeah, I I just think that Julia is in in the category of a once in a lifetime or like a generational talent where it's just like she has the secret sauce in the ring where again it's like you may it, it like book cover you may see her and like okay yeah that's julia whatever but again once that bell rings everyone's gonna learn why she's a huge she's gonna be a huge signing and yeah i hope that next year she has a a huge great win we have a super chat here from Yes Boy who says, any interviews or one-on-ones y'all wish you could redo? Oh, there's a bunch for me. Uh, does anybody else have any that they want to throw out there? Oh, I man. would probably say like literally everything for me. I like to talk to people. <laughs> for me? Yeah, it's always nice to like come back and talk to people, even though like a year or two later too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And to see where they are uh, from when you first started with them and then a year or two later to see where they progress. But for me, honestly, it would be I had I did an interview WrestleMania weekend with Shayna Baszler and the audio didn't pick up and I just had to scrap the video. I tried to save it and I was so sad because we talked about Star Wars and it was just so uh, gut-wrenching. It happens but, though, Alex. It's happened know, to me several I, times. That happened to you recently, right? Yes, it yeah, happened yeah, to yeah. me on Wrestling Revolver. I was yeah. so irritated and it was just like, okay, well, you know what? Sometimes shit happens, right? Because sometimes you're rushed and you don't get time to like set up. It happened to mm -hmm. me with Drew McIntyre. Uh, oh, I was so pissed. I did like a whole ass eight minute interview and my microphone wasn't fully plugged in. It was like kind of hanging out and it was because they had switched me mm -hmm. from one room to another. Mm -hmm. And I, it was like, go, go, go. And I'm like, oh shit. When you're your own camera person, you tend to be rushed. You don't have that second to really stop and look. And so that's my new thing. Stop and look each time. Yeah, uh, take a little bit of a break, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Yes, I think this is redo because it was terrible. Like, is there anything you wish you could redo because it was a terrible interview? Uh, that's no. that to me is how I interpreted that question. Oh, I don't, okay. I don't do a ton of interviews, but uh, I got to sit in with Sam Adonis, and every time I've heard Sam Adonis get interviewed, I feel like I learn something new and incredible. And his perspective on wrestling is just very different than a lot of people's as far as how contracts work and and things like that. So I would just. I would love to see where that guy is again in another year because he's like now working in Mexico and stuff. It's wild. So, um, but colossally bad interviews are some of the best interviews out there. So I hope nobody ever redoes them because I think they're there's some of them are phenomenal. I never posted my Braun Breaker interview and I've spoken <laughs> about this before. And to this day, I will not post it because it was a very low energy interview and I'm not talking about me. I that's something so, you got to put behind a paywall. Like, I can't. And it's funny because I had told Sean because Sean put his up and people were like, I guess he said they were writing stuff in the comments. And I'm like, yeah, that's why I didn't put the interview up because everybody's right. going to blame the interviewer, not realizing that this is how he was in every interview. Mm -hmm. So that's why I made the executive decision to not post it because I felt that it would make me look bad based off of the answers that I, that I was being given, you know? Yeah. And you yeah, wear and so many hats rough. too, as a content creator, you know, where it's like, you have to make sure they're comfortable. You have to make sure the questions are right. Like you said, like when you're doing in person, you have to be the audio technician, you have to be and the Alex, camera person. You've been there, you know this. 
that sometimes you're not the first person to interview this person. You're not the second, you're not Mm -hmm. the third, you're not the fourth. All of a sudden, you're like the 50th person that this person has talked to. And so it does get a lot harder once a talent has gone down that media line, where all of a sudden, they're just like, I'm done with this. And it happens. You can't blame them for that. It happens. But it is one of those things where it's like, I'm sorry, I got to do my job, man. I know you've talked to 49 other reporters before me, but this is my video. And I'm going to put 110% in it each and every single time. And I think in that scenario, like, I think it's in that scenario, you have to hope that your energy kind of they can feed off of it a little bit. Like, even though they're tired, maybe if you're like, amped up a little bit, just maybe they can be like, okay, let me like match the energy. And sometimes you hope for that. Sometimes it doesn't happen. And that's okay. Like you said, when they're going down a line, sometimes they're asked the same questions. Sometimes they're asked like, you know, they have to answer it in a different way. They have to format it in a different way. And I understand sometimes it's like, eight in the morning, seven in the morning, you know, they probably just flew in, they're tired. I mean, their bodies are hurt 24 seven. So, you know, there's a lot to go into it. But um, yeah, it's it's challenging to interview someone. Honestly, it's not easy. It's easy to talk to someone one on one, but to interview and like to get to the objective of the interview can be difficult. For sure. Alrighty, everyone. So we are towards the end of our podcast. I want to thank everybody who tuned in. The next episode will be happening on December 2023, the last Thursday of the month. I forget what date that is, but it's the last Thursday of the month. Uh, thank you, Veda. I know she's checking for me. The last Thursday of the month. I was like, when is what are when are the holidays of this year? I know, right? Uh, the last Thursday of the 28th. month of December is the 28th. There you have it. So December 28th, 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time will be our uh, year-end show. So that one will be a lot of fun. Of course, it'll be kind of re, uh, kind of talking a little bit about the entire year, maybe instead of just the actual month. So it'll be a good time. Uh, please let me know what you guys thought of this episode. And before we go, I want to make sure to give all of the panelists an opportunity to promote their work and let us know where they can find them. I'll go ahead and kick things off with Alex. Alex, uh, you're up, man. Here we go. Hello, everyone. You can follow me uh, at Queen of the Ring with two G's on Twitter. You could also subscribe to my YouTube channel, Queen of the Ring Wrestling. I just uploaded my Survivor Series vlog. So that is up right now. Currently, if you want to check out how the weekend was, tons of good media friends in that video as well. So go check it out. Uh, You can check me out every Friday for my post Smackdown show on Bodyslam.net with Stephanie Hypes. Uh, We do that immediately after Smackdown. So go check that out. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Queen of the Ring. I will be live tonight if you are listening or watching this live on Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We watch Total Bellas and it is a hot mess and I absolutely love it and you will love it too. I think that is all that is coming to my brain to plug. That's all. Have a great day. All righty. Next up, let's go ahead and bring in Kate. Sure. You can find me at Miss Kate Fabe on Twitter and on TikTok. I'm Kate Stagrams on Instagram, but you can find me on Fightful Select every Monday. You can find me on the Fightful main channel doing NXT, ROH, and SmackDown every Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Wednesdays at the Mark Order podcast, talking all things all elite. And you can find me on my own YouTube channel at Miss Kate Fabe. Uh, I'm working right now on an end of the year feature, which is strictly about how global wrestling is felt. So I'm talking to people in all parts of the world uh, to give Americans insight into wrestling scenes that maybe they're a little less familiar with. So that has been a super fun feature. The first week that's going up is going to be Australia 
conveniently the beginning of the alphabet is who was able to schedule first. So that's kind of a fun thing, but check out that feature once it's up, please. Awesome. Thank you, Kate. Uh, next up, we got Veda. Hi, uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at it's Veda time. That is where I link all of my projects. Um, I have a vlog from WrestleCade coming up uh, very soon, as well as a bunch of backlogs of vlogs. I'm really behind on my videos. But yeah, um, I uh, do commentary all over the place this weekend. I will be at uh, House of Glory in Queens, New York. Then I will be at Pro Wrestling Revolver in Des Moines, Iowa. And then back to Brooklyn, New York for Game Changer Wrestling on Sunday. Those are my next three events, but you can check me out uh, on Twitter. And I kind of link everything off there. All righty. Thank you so much to everybody who tuned in to the podcast. Thank you, of course, to all of the panelists for joining. You guys know where to find me at underscore Denise Salcedo. If you guys enjoyed this podcast, let me know in the comments section below. As always, do not forget to subscribe and we'll catch you guys on the next one. Bye, everybody.